Welcome to the Total Sports Live podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Brown, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Jovan Alford, Matt Cass, and Nick Earnshaw. And today we're going to discuss the NFL's offseason and some of the transactions that have stuck out to us so far. To kick off the show, we're going to go around the virtual table and see who everyone's been most impressed with this offseason. Starting with you, Jovan, which team has really caught your eye? Uh, I would say the team that caught my eye in free agency thus far. I would say the the Dolphins because everybody's you know that's pre- everybody's proverbial pick, but we know they have they have they had the most cap space, so you got to spend it somewhere. You can't take it with you. Well, you could, but you know, not in this instance. But um, the team I would say is probably the Carolina Panthers. I think just be uh, I, the Panthers because of what Matt Rule has done uh, down there. We you know saw them you know release Cam Newton, which was kind of a surprise because you kind of thought that maybe. Rule was going to stick with him and then to see them, you know, release them and then Cam saying, you know, like, hey, like you guys forced me, you know, to this point, like I didn't want to leave like you guys wanted me to leave. So to see them, you know, move on from the era of Cam Newton and now ushering in a new era uh, with um, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, you know, signing him to the three year, 63 million dollar deal. I think it's, you know, that's 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 big money. And I think, you know, with him having familiarity with the new offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, who was with the Saints before um, before he went to LSU, I think that's going to, you know, play a huge role in that offense. And then to see them surprisingly get um, to get uh, former New York Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson to sign him to, a, I think, a solid two year, you know, 20 million dollar deal with 12 million guaranteed. That's an I, th- I thought that was a shocker because no one thought that this team was going to you know, dive in and, you know, get um and get, you know, Robbie Anderson because they were never, you know, mentioned with him. We always heard the Jets or maybe the Eagles, maybe the Raiders, but then you see the Panthers, you know, Matt Rule, you know, getting one of his former Temple guys, bringing him along. You know, I think that's a huge, that's a nice move. Two-year deal. I think it's good for both sides. You know, they're, they're not, Panthers aren't going to be financially hamstrung by that deal of giving him big money. And also for Anderson, you know, this is a chance for him to prove himself, you know, to, you know, get his, get his footing back with his former head coach. And if he, if he balls out, you know, this season, maybe there's an extension coming, you know, in, in the, in the next upcoming seasons, or, you know, he can go back out in the free agency because he's still going to be, uh, going to be relatively young at, at this stage of his career. And then obviously, you know, I got to say it, them signing, you know, the best quarterback in the XFL this season and PJ Walker, another, you know, Matt Rule signing, another Temple guy, bringing him, bringing him aboard, you know, to to Carolina to possibly more than likely be the backup there um, with them trading Kyle Allen to the Redskins. Um, I think that's another interesting move. So I think the Panthers moves thus far have stood out to me. I wonder, though, what are they going to do at linebacker with no Luke Keekley if he retired? And, you know, they also lost James Bradbury in free agency to the New York Giants, who signed a three-year, 45, I think, million-dollar deal with his former GM and Dave Gettleman, who's now in New York. So I think now the Panthers have to shift their attention um, to their defense and then, you know, try to upgrade the offensive line because they did trade uh, their one of their starting offensive linemen to the uh, to the Chargers. I think his name is Trey Turner. So they still got some more moves to make, but I'm but I'm surprised and interested with them with the moves that they have done already. Yeah, I agree. It's been a very interesting offseason for them down in Charlotte. Like you said, Matt Rule is kind of bringing Temple to North Carolina. Um, but I like it. Obviously, it's going to be a new era with him being a first-year NFL head coach. Teddy's a starter again for the first time since, I believe, 2014. 
Um, the Robbie Anderson addition to pair him with DJ Moore. I like that a lot. DJ Moore, um, they're both really vertical down field threats, but Robbie Anderson has a little bit more of that height that'll help out in the red zone. And then mm -hmm. obviously they've got Christian McCaffrey, another crazy offensive weapon. So I like what they have. I think they could be an interesting team. Obviously the NFC South is absolutely loaded right now after the addition of Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I want to swing it to Matt Cass. Now, Matt, what team has really stood out to you so far this offseason? Well, you just said it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, the most intriguing thing was signing Tom Brady to a contract that big. I think it was a $30 million average annual value, if memory serves. Uh, but what the, what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have essentially done is they've gambled on Tom Brady still having a little gas left in the tank. And what you've seen in recent days is a number of players have actually come back into orbit and have said, hey, I'm coming to play with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Uh, so he's had sort of a, a, a black hole effect where he sort of brings in other, you know, other free agents. He brings in guys that might have been apprehensive about coming back. And I think that once, uh, you know, once he starts hitting Mike Evans in the hands with passes rather than sailing things five yards over his head, uh, I think this Buccaneers offense could have a drastic facelift in the uh, in the making for this upcoming season. Well, you pair Mike Evans with Chris Godwin. That was a deadly duo last year with Jameis Winston. They were two of the top receivers in the league. Obviously, Godwin got hurt a few weeks before the end of the season. But uh, for most of the year, they were in that top five. Tampa Bay is going to be very, very interesting this year with Tom Brady. You pair him with Bruce Arians, an offensive wizard. I'm really excited to see what they do. I think that getting Ndamukong Sue back today is also going to be a very big move. But finally, uh, Nick, I want to hear who the team that's really caught your eye this offseason has been. Uh, I'm going to swing it to the AFC. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. I think they're big winners in free agency. You have Tom Brady leaving the division, and they've made some impactful moves. I will say just looking at who they signed, uh, Vernon Butler, uh, Josh Norman, Mario Addison, they've bolstered that already uh, third-ranked defense from last year. They allowed the second-fewest points last year, and they just got a lot better. Uh, also, they added uh, Stephon Diggs, who's going to be a big play weapon for them. I mean, they offensively, they struggled a little bit. You know, They had John Brown. They didn't have very many receivers, Cole Beasley. But to get a, a number one in Stephon Diggs, I think it's going to really bolster their offense. And defensively, I mean, as I said before, they really improved, and they were already one of the best defenses in football, and then you have Tom Brady, who leaves the division. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a big year for the Buffalo Bills. You know, Josh Allen has that great arm. He's got one of the strongest arms in the NFL. To put Stephon Diggs on that same team, a guy who can really stretch a defense vertically, I think it's going to be very fun to see. I think he's going to have a big year coming off. I don't know if I would call it a down year for Stephon Diggs. I know Jovan can talk about this, too. We both had him in fantasy this year. It wasn't necessarily a down year, but he really didn't have a good year. Kirk Cousins mm -hmm. struggled to get him the ball a lot. There was a lot of games with zero catches or one catch, and then right. have a crazy four-touchdown game against the Eagles when I would have him on the bench. It was a crazy season to have Stephon Diggs, but I'm honestly excited about him in Buffalo. I'm probably going to get suckered in and pick him again this year. But, Nick, I definitely like what the Bills have done. I think, like you said, with Brady leaving the division, the door is open for them for the first time in 20 years to go out and win the AFC East. So it's going to be exciting for those crazy Buffalo fans. For my pick, I'm going to go back to the NFC South. I really like what the Saints have done this year with the addition of Malcolm Jenkins and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I still think that there's a little bit more to do to improve the defense. They could use a little bit of corner help, but um, you know, outside of Marshall Lattimore, obviously their second corner. But I like what they've done. They've been kind of in the running to win a championship for the past three or four years. Um, obviously had two crazy 
endings. And then this year, they really underperformed against the Vikings. But I think that they will be a competitive team nonetheless. We're moving on now to our hometown teams. I mean, we've all been staying home anyway, so we might as well take a look at our you know, the team's closest to us. So I'm going to start with Nick and the Philadelphia Eagles. They've really done a good job of retooling the defense, but more specifically, the secondary. Oh, for sure. I mean, they re-signed Jalen Mills. They bring back Rodney McLeod. Uh, they traded for Darius Slay. Uh, they've made a bunch of other moves. Um, one impactful move that's going to be interesting is the absence of Malcolm Jenkins. You have Jalen Mills now filling his spot. Uh, in an interview Jalen Mills did with uh, NBC Sports Philly, I saw with John Clark, he said Mills is going to have a similar role as Jenkins did. So he's going to be moving around the field. He might line up in the nickel at linebacker at times. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what Jalen Mills does moving from corner to safety uh, to play alongside Ronnie McLeod. Uh, also, they you know trading for Darius Slay. I mean, that's just a huge uh, move for the Eagles. People say he had a bit of a down year last year. I still think this bolsters their uh, cornerbacks and their secondary room a lot because uh, last year he uh, only allowed 55 0.9% completions on his targets, uh, and he had two interceptions last year. So you have a, a, an established corner who's been in the league for a long time, can follow another team's number one receiver around. I love the move. And they only gave up a third and a fifth round pick, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, they didn't give up too much. Uh, they, they bring in Darius Slay. He's going to be a huge addition. Uh, also have bringing in Will Parks. I think that's going to be a big move. Younger guy, uh, you know, he started seven games last year. Uh, is a bit of a verse. He's a versatile defender, I would say. He can move in the dime, play a little linebacker like the Eagles like to do. Uh, so I think Will Parks is going to be an interesting factor for the Eagles and play some corner as well uh, for them. Also today, uh, Nicole Robbie uh, Coleman also uh, was signed by the Eagles on a one-year deal. Uh, his pro football focus grades was a 74.5 last year. It's pretty good. He'll play in the nickel a little bit. Um, I would like to see uh, his completion percentage a lot was 64.1% last year. I'd like to see him get that down a little bit, but I still think it's better than what the Eagles had last year. They upgraded. I think they have more of a depth uh, at the corner position and in the secondary now than they've had in previous years. So I think the secondary in general uh, was definitely upgraded and Howie Roseman had to address it. Yeah, there's a new article out on totalsportslive.com right now about Robbie Coleman signing with the Eagles. Jovan did a great job with that story right before we came on. Uh, Nick, like you said, though, the secondary is definitely very improved. Ty Roseman and company did a good job putting it together, but they've been trying to put the secondary fully together for years. Even during the Super Bowl run, obviously, great year. The secondary wasn't great. They let up a lot of points. Um, you know, Darius Slay, big addition. There is still a little bit of concern for me that the secondary still might not be fully there, but I'm very, very happy that we at least now have a number one corner who we can really, you know, depend on against another number one receiver. Obviously, we're going to have to face Amari Cooper week in and week out, uh, Sterling Shepard. The NFC East has some good targets, so I think that they've improved it, but a little bit of devil's advocate here, Jovan, they haven't mm -hmm. really improved the offense at all, and last season, at the end of the year, the, the targets were very depleted. Um, was it a mistake to maybe wait for the draft to get one of these receivers and or an offensive playmaker in general? Um, I, if, I don't, I don't, I want, I don't want to say it's a mistake because I still think there's options out there for the Eagles get at wide receiver. You know, Demarcus Robinson is still out there. If you want to, obviously, he's going to probably be a one year deal uh, type of candidate. This was a guy that the Eagles were linked to back during the Super Bowl. There was a report about that the Eagles really liked. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, another guy that has some speed, can get vertical. Um, in that Chiefs offense, he was kind of, he was the fourth wide receiver. He was behind, you know, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hartman, 
and um, Sammy Watkins in that wide receiver depth chart. So maybe, you know, he wants to get a bigger opportunity in Philadelphia might be that chance for him. Um, outside of him, you might be looking at a Taylor Gabriel, uh, who Chicago uh, released before free agency. I think he's another guy that has that speed that can get open. The issue with is with him is that he had uh, some concussions uh, last season uh, with the Bears. So you got him, Rashard Higgins, another guy who's not a burner, but a guy that can get open or he's either route, either route running, a route running specialist, in my opinion. So those are just some veteran options that you will hope that they would, you know, go to go, go, go towards. But it was a bummer to be real, to see them not go after, you know, a Robbie Anderson or even a Bashar Perryman who ended up in the, with, with the Jets and just because you see the type of contract they got. And, you know, you you know, you know see the philosophy that they're doing on, on, on defense, you know, trying to get younger, get versatile. And I think that they're, that's what they're gearing towards, you know, offensively, getting younger at the skill positions and at wide receiver uh, more specifically. Um you know, it's a dangerous it's a it's a dangerous way to go into the draft because now every team, if you don't get a wide receiver uh, anytime before the draft, now every team knows that you're gunning for one. Yep. So now, you know, teams can kind of, you know, try to say, all right, the Eagles at 21. Maybe we can jump ahead of the Eagles to get to still this, you know, a wide receiver because you're thinking, you know, what do you I don't think they'll be able to get a Jerry Judy. Might would it be able to get a CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs? Maybe it it honestly it honestly depends on you know on the teams because we just saw the Niners pick up an extra first round pick in the trade with the Colts where they traded um who was it uh DeForest Buckner I think they traded or was it Armstead it was one of the two uh, defensive linemen that they traded and they picked up extra first round pick and everybody's thinking why did Niners pick up a pick at thirteen because they might go after a wide receiver which yeah. would be smart because they need. They need one. So I think the Eagles, you know, put themselves in a position where, you know, that they got to, you know, they spent a lot of they spent a lot of capital in free agency on defense. And now I think they're going to do it in the draft. And hopefully, you know, luckily for them, this is a very, you know, loaded free agent. I mean, draft class. So maybe if they don't get the big three, maybe you lean towards, you know, maybe taking a Jalen Rager at 21, maybe a Denzel Mims. You know, a lot of Eagles fans love Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Then the second round, maybe you target a KJ Hamler out of Penn State, um, a Lavishka Chenault who's dropping in, who who seems like he's dropping in this draft class, a T a T Higgins, um, you know, there there's a Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. There's a lot of options for him, so you know you 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 will hope that they would have got a wide receiver in free agency. But just looking at the team, they still got Deshaun Jackson, who's going to be 33. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Alshon Jeffrey is still on this team. I don't think the Eagles are going to get rid of him by any means necessary. And they're going to just load up with the youth at wide receiver, and that might be the best way to go. You just hope that they get the they get the correct guy, and that they that can fit and plug in right away. Yeah, they did leave a little bit of a target on their back with the you know lack of addition of a wide receiver, and they go out and get Darius Slay, so it's less likely that they're going to draft a cornerback in the first round. There is a little bit of a target on their back. You mentioned some good veteran free agents that they could go out and and grab, but. It seems like the receiving core is going to be Alshon Jeffrey, Greg Ward in the slot, and then Deshaun Jackson as well. Um, it's a talented core. Could they use, you know, that extra piece? And I think that that's where the draft will come in. You mentioned some of the names. C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, um, T. Higgins. There's a, a barrage of guys this year. Great class. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do come draft night. Like you said, Jovan, they've left a little bit of a target on their back because, you know, people know that they want a receiver. The 49ers, obviously, just went out and got another pick. 
Maybe they go and get C.D. Lamb with that pick at 13. I think that would be a really good uh, addition for them with Debo Samuel, um, another young guy that they added in last year's draft. They obviously lost Emmanuel Sanders this offseason. Um, so it will be interesting. The draft is definitely something that we will be uh, following very closely here. But uh, to finish up this segment, Matt, up in North Jersey, the Giants and Jets have had some interesting offseasons. What have you thought so far? You know, they have. I will say Gettleman has done a very good job in terms of his free agent signings. Uh, I'm not 100% sure I would have put the franchise tag on Leonard Williams. Uh, I, I think he's maybe worth a mid-range deal. But, you know, to get Blake Martinez, the steal of the offseason for the Giants so far, James Bradbury, Levine Toilolo, uh, you know, they signed Kyler Fackrell, Cam Fleming, Nate Ebner, Colt McCoy. You know, if it's not going to be good, it's at least going to be interesting. And uh, I will say, I think at least on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Joe Judge uh, should be uh, should be having a lot of tools to work with here. Now over to their uh, their MetLife Stadium tenants, the uh, the New York Jets. Um, you know, George Fant was an interesting signing. I'm not sure I would have done a three year thirty mil for him. Uh, you know, Connor McGovern was. Uh, the Jets were not able to get uh, that many big-name guys. Not that you really need them if the team plays well together. But, you know, they're, they're really – I just don't know how to, how to gauge this Jets team, especially after they got worse at wide receiver going from Robbie Anderson to Brashad Perriman. I think that's a downgrade. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why you would let a guy like Robbie Anderson go. Um, I just don't know how to read this Jets team. And, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think that um, Joe Douglas, the former Eagles assistant general manager, uh, I think he's got a plan. Uh, But I also just don't know if the team has it together. I don't think Adam Gase is the answer at coach. Uh, I think the mishmash pairing of a coach slash general manager is, uh, you know, is always a little interesting. I don't think either guy is comfortable in that particular arrangement. And uh, I, I just don't see the Jets having a, like an above 500 season this year. It's a hot take from me, but I don't know, man. They've regressed a little, and I don't feel like they've gotten better in any other areas to compensate for it. Yeah, it's been a tough few years for New York football. Both teams are kind of going through that rebuilding era. They drafted young quarterbacks. Um, obviously, the Jets have kind of been going through it for a while now. Like you said, I agree. I don't really think Adam Gaze is the long-term answer for the Jets at head coach. I think it's kind of, you know, been proven that he's really not the guy to be a head coach. Obviously, we saw Tannehill go from working with Gaze in Miami and really not being a very good starting quarterback to starting the AFC Conference Championship this year with Tennessee. So uh, I personally am not a big Gaze fan. I think that they will wind up moving on. As for the Giants, I'm interested to see what they do this year. Like you said, um, it, it's going to be interesting no matter what their record is. They've put some good pieces together. The defense was something that they really needed to improve last year, and I think that they um, took positive steps forward. Giving the franchise tag to Leonard Williams was definitely uh, an interesting move, not something I saw coming, but I still do really feel like he can be a top-tier defensive lineman in the NFL. He was very disruptive in college, and he's transferred some of that over to the NFL. Obviously, um, started his career with the Jets, was traded, probably not even across town. They probably practice right near each other, but um, traded to the Giants. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how New York does this year. Um, expectations aren't necessarily high. Maybe the Giants could scrap and claw a few games together if Daniel Jones can really get some stuff going, but it will definitely be interesting nonetheless. We're going to move on 
to some remaining free agents. You know, the transaction wire has certainly calmed down, slowed down. Um, you know, when free agency first started, the moves were coming in uh, a mile a minute, but definitely things have calmed down. But there's still some talent out there, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, starting off with the newest quarterback on the market, Cam Newton. Joe Vaughn, where do you think Cam's going to land for uh, his second franchise? It's it's tough. It's tough to think about where he could possibly land. I mean, people have thrown out the idea of New England, but it seems like New England is, you know, is, is pretty, you know, pretty settled with, you know, with what they have right now at the at the quarterback position. And, and and obviously, obviously, until we see what beholds in the draft, um, I thought that the Chargers were an option uh, for him, but that wasn't the case as they said that they're going to roll with Tyrod Taylor and they have an early first round pick. So you probably think they're going to go quarterback, too. So with those two teams in general, you're kind of saying where could Cam go? Maybe Jacksonville, but it seemed like they're ready to roll with Minshew, the Dolphins, but they have a first round pick. Right. It's really hard to see where cam lands i mean i don't want to say that cam's going to just be a free agent just leave it just laying out here but right now it's hard to see where he's a starter um where, where he's a starter in this and in, in, where he's a starter in the nfl which is crazy to think about because this guy was just you know leading the panthers to a 15 and one season had him in the super bowl not too long ago yeah, I mean, I still think that Cam is one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he lands. I want to swing it over to Matt now. Matt, where do you think Cam's going to play this year? You know, it's interesting. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air, and I certainly won't be the one to read the tea. But I personally think an out-of-left-field choice that would work really well for him is the Denver Broncos. I know they've already got Drew Locke, but um, I don't know. I could see him going there. Uh, the thin air will certainly help with his passes flying a little farther. And uh, oh, I wonder if the Broncos might potentially, you know, see something in having a veteran around Locke to maybe mentor him through the first couple of years of his career before they really mm -hmm. uh, transitioned him as the number one. Uh, I know that Elway panicked and uh, got Joe Flacco, actually, you know, as a, as a potential starter option. And that didn't work out. But um you know, I just I think Elway wants a veteran quarterback somewhere in that lineup to help out Locke. And I could really see the Broncos potentially uh, looking at Newton as that option. I think that would be a good fit. I think that Cam is better right now than Drew Locke for sure. Um, will they want to, you know, let Drew Locke get the time and develop? They don't necessarily have the strongest roster right now. So I'm not sure that they'll be competing this year, especially, you know, being in a division with the Chiefs. Um, and some other teams out there that look like they'll be good in the AFC. But I think that would be a really interesting fit. I think that Cam would definitely be an improvement at the quarterback position. Um, but finally, Nick, where do you think Cam's going to land this year? It's it's so tough to say because there's so many like quarterbacks in in the league that are are definitely starters. And like looking at looking at all these teams, I mean, it just makes sense for New England. But as Jovan said, I mean, I think I don't know if they'll roll with Cam Newton or sign him. Um, Looking at his contract from before, I mean, he made $20 million. I can't see him getting really more than that um, anywhere. But I, I would, I, out of all the teams, I could see New England being the, being the best fit for him uh, right now because, you know, them losing Tom Brady, uh, you know, getting Cam Newton, he's the best available option, I would say, right now. Looking at where New England's drafting, looking at uh, other QBs available on the market, I, I think New England would be the best option. Is it the option? I don't know. I, I can't really I can't really pinpoint a number one team, 
for Newton. Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, another team, Miami, you could see him going there, but they have a high draft pick. They'll most likely take a quarterback. Um, but there's so many options I could see Cam Newton going to. Um, Pittsburgh, I'm just going to throw a, a wild card out there. Pittsburgh could be an interesting option for Cam Newton, I would say. Uh, you know, they have Big Ben coming back. He's a little older. Um, but I, I could see that as being a little bit of a wild card. Uh, but other than that, I mean, It'll be very, very interesting to see where Cam Newton goes. I think it's really, really up in the air right now. I don't know if Pittsburgh would do it, but I think that Cam would definitely be an improvement over Ben yeah. Roethlisberger. I think everyone here would probably agree with that. Um, you know, there is a little bit of that legend status and kind of yeah. being grandfathered in that might not be the easiest transition, but they're a talented team. They almost made the playoffs this year. I think with Cam Newton, they would definitely be in that wild card hunt. Obviously, Baltimore is going to be um, the top team in the AFC East, but that would be a very interesting one, Nick, that I haven't heard thrown around much. So I like that one. For me, I think that, you know, the best fit would probably be New England. But I mean, I also like the Chargers fit a lot. Um, I know that they want to roll with Terod Taylor and I like his game a lot, but uh, I think Cam would be an improvement. And if they are going to draft a quarterback, um, he's going to probably need a year to sit. I think that Cam gives them the best shot to be competitive. They still have Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, um, Joey Boza on the defense. They have some talent. They got Chris Harris and um, uh, Jason Verrett at corner. So I think that they could be a, a rather competitive team. And I think that Cam would definitely be a good fit for them. But it will be very interesting. Like you guys mentioned, there's so many quarterbacks floating around. Um, the draft has, you know, three or four top tier quarterbacks that, you know, we're thinking are going to be starters next year. So it will be very interesting to see where Cam goes. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, a polarizing figure in Philly for sure for the hit on Carson Wentz in the playoffs. Shadavion Clowney still available. Another former first round or first overall pick. A lot of first overall picks still on the market. Um, Clowney still on the market. Turned down an offer from the Miami Dolphins for reportedly around $17 million. So I pose the question first to Joe Vaughn. Which team is Clowney going to sign with? I think Clowney might end up back with the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you just don't see, you just don't see the, you know, you just don't see them, you know, he doesn't have any options out there as of right now. And that's it's not, I wouldn't say that's a surprise. I'm not saying, it's, it's kind of surprising, but it's not because he didn't really have that, like, you know, that great of a season in Seattle and partly was because he was hurt you know, uh, dealing with a, with a, with an injury, but he didn't, he, you know, he probably wants big time money and teams aren't willing to pay, you know, big time money, especially when, you know, you can get always, you can always draft defensive linemen. Um, you know, Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe is still out there as a possible trade candidate from the Jaguars. And he's, you know, I think he's a little bit younger than a Jadavion, Jadavion, uh, Clowney. So, I mean, I think it's going to be C. I think it's going to be Seattle unless someone just comes out of nowhere and just says, here, we'll give you this amount of money on like a short, you know, maybe like two year deal or something along those lines where the average annual salary is just like through the roof of what he's looking for. Yeah, I think that that would make sense. I think he was a good fit there and he definitely provides a need. The Seahawks need more pass rushers. But Nick, mm -hmm. what do you think? Where do you think Clowney will land this year? Um, I, I think I could see him going back to, to Seattle, honestly. Uh, I think it's the best fit for him. I, I thought he played pretty decently last year for them. I, I, I really don't know where else he would, he would go. I mean, he's still on the market, and he's had a bit of a down career. I mean, being the number one overall pick, uh, see, like looking at his career as a whole, 
Um, he hasn't really gotten the market that he's probably expected. So, uh, you know, going back to Seattle, maybe on like a one-year deal or something and testing free agency next year is an option I could see uh, Clowney going towards. Yeah, not a bad option at all. And, and Matt, what do you think? Where do you think Clowney will play this year? Yeah, that prove it deal with Seattle could be the thing he ends up signing. Uh, he's definitely a dominant force uh, on the defensive line. He has just finished his first full season remaining healthy, and if he puts in another year like he did with Seattle this year, I think there's going to be teams that are clamoring for his services in next year when the legal tampering period opens up again. Uh, but I, I hate to say it, I think because he turned down that offer, I think he's going to have to put in the work on a, uh, a one-year show-me contract. Well, I'm going to get creative here. I like all three of you guys' pick with the Seahawks. That was originally my pick, but I'm going to get creative. I think a good fit could be the Tennessee Titans. They have a very, very strong defense, and imagine adding Jadavion Clowney to that. Um, they have a little bit of money to play with, losing some of the corners that they lost. So I think that would be interesting, but I think that Seattle probably – is the likely destination for Jadavion Clowney. Moving on to another quarterback uh, with Tom Brady heading to Tampa Bay, the Jameis Winston era unceremoniously ended with a 30-touchdown, 30-interception season with the Buccaneers. There were some reports that the Washington Redskins could be interested in having Winston come in and compete with Dwayne Haskins. They did acquire Kyle Allen from the Panthers earlier this week, so I think that that could kind of have put a halt to that. But uh, starting with Matt, what do you think for Jameis Winston next year? Where do you think he'll land? You know, uh, Jameis Winston is, of course, an interesting case. The 30-for-30 uh, the 30 30 that he put up with his 30 touchdowns and 30 picks this past season. Uh, I think there are teams that are desperate for quarterbacks. Uh, it happens every year without fail. But I think it's got to be a team that is in need of a quarterback. And right now, off the top of my head, uh, I'm having a bit of a hard time kind of thinking of uh, – you know, which uh, which teams or which quarterback rooms might need that particular, uh, you know, presence in the room. Because, again, Arians, uh, there was an article that came out. He had apparently been shopping Winston to uh, several teams saying, hey, he's a hard worker. Here's a guy that you're going to, you know, you're going to like having in your quarterback room. The only reason we didn't take him was because Tom Brady was available. I wonder if Winston, and this is, again, a crazy thought. Uh, you know what? Actually, I was going to say Kansas City, but I remember they just signed uh, Teamu. Uh, I wonder if Winston maybe doesn't go to Cleveland. Mm. Baker Mayfield has had his ups and downs. Uh, I feel like his welcome has started to wear a little thin uh, uh, in the city of perpetual sadness. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another year like, uh, you know, like he did last year. I wouldn't be if the Browns maybe look at him, uh, you know, as potentially expendable and were to bring in Winston. Uh, but it's it's really wild to me that, you know, a three or, you know, a top three to five guy is suddenly out with real no real options. Yeah, well, I mean, it would be interesting to see him potentially go to the Browns. I think that Baker Mayfield is going to get the year. They are going through another head coaching change. I want to swing it to Jovan now, hear what you have to say. Where do you think Jameis Winston will go? I think Jameis, like like Nick said, um, like Matt said, excuse me, you know, Cleveland will be an interesting fit, you know, especially, like you said, that would that would be an interesting fit for him. Um, you just wonder, you know, if they were going, if, you know, if 
if they believe Case Keenum is the option there as backup, you know. But you, hey, was that'd be an interesting quarterback room with Mayfield, Case Keenum, and Jameis Winston? That'd be pretty dope. I ain't gonna hold you. That's a lot of uh, knowledge for, you know, for both the young guys. They um to kind of soak up. But what about James? We talked about this team earlier about Cam Newton. What about Jameis and Pittsburgh? Maybe mm, that could be Mike more Tomlin. natural. Oh. Because, I mean, Jameis could take the year to sit, but yeah, keep going, Jovan. I think, you know, we saw what we saw. We saw we, we, we went when Roethlisberger went down, we saw this team wasn't that um, that team really wasn't that strong at quarterback. You know, Mason Rudolph wasn't he was OK, but he had his limitations. Mason Rudolph's better known for just getting smacked with a helmet. Um <laughs> Duck Hodges was better than Mason Rudolph, and Duck Hodges was an undrafted free agent. He was better than Rudolph, who was the second-round draft pick, I'm not mistaken. So that's not good. Yeah. Um, I swear like I'm missing, like, one more quarterback. Uh, no, it was just them two, right? Yeah, because they traded Josh. Josh used to be there. Yeah, yeah they, and they, but then they traded Josh Dobbs to the Jaguars for a fifth-round pick. So, you know, with lean, looking at Hodges and Rudolph, they kind of didn't take that offense to the next level it was almost it was to be honest with you the offense was almost hampered because of their limitations now you add a guy like Jameis Winston who's what only what 26 maybe if I'm mm-hmm. 20 about around that age he's still young maybe you know he goes to uh, offense in um in Pittsburgh where he can kind of you know just sling the ball around to you know to you know James Conner um Juju Smith-Schuster James Washington Deontay jo- Deontay Johnson I think that would be also another uh, interesting fit uh, for him. Obviously, we got to see because the teams we're talking about, we also got to see what happens in the draft because I think that will determine the market for the veteran guys that we brought up. Yeah, and swing it over to Nick now. What do you think? Oh, no, I agree with the Pittsburgh sentiment completely as of right now before the draft, obviously. Um, like that's what that's why I was thinking about Cam Newton maybe as a wild card for for Cam Newton to Pittsburgh. But I think Jameis Winston as a backup could go to Pittsburgh. I think it makes the most sense. He's he's better than Mason Rudolph. Big Ben with the injury history, his age. I, I think Jameis Winston will be a perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and they're close. If Big Ben goes down again and they have to go through all these quarterbacks again, I think Having Jameis Winston, I th- James Winston as a reliable backup, I-, I think it would make perfect sense for him to go to Pittsburgh as of right now. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good call by Jovan. Not something that I had thought of, but I think Jameis to Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, honestly, I don't think that there's that big of a gap between Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston. I think they're pretty close right now. Um, big Ben is obviously, you know, coming towards the end of his year. How will he come off? Uh, a season-ending injury, missing a whole year of football. That'll be interesting to see. I think that Jameis would be a very good backup. I have written down the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that he would be a good fit to sit behind um, Gardner Minshew or potentially compete with Gardner Minshew, depending on what they want to do there. I like what Gardner did this year, but I don't know if I'm exactly sold that um, he's a franchise quarterback yet. I think that Jameis would be a good backup. Um, And we'll wrap up this segment with uh, a future Hall of Famer and certainly an Eagles legend, the bodyguard Jason Peters. Uh, longtime Eagles left tackle. He's still available. He was acquired by the Eagles in a trade with the Bills in 2009, and he was a mainstay with the organization ever since. Nick, where do you think Peters is going to play next year? Uh, I've seen reports, different reports, saying the Redskins are interested, the Buccaneers are interested, um, and uh, the Buccaneers would move him to right tackle is the report I saw. Uh, so, you know, the Buccaneers, it could make sense. Uh, Tom Brady's down there now. They've made some big moves. They have a pretty good roster. Um, bolstering that offensive line for Brady, I think, would be something that 
would be ideal, and I think it would be a good situation for him. So right now, uh, with the reports and rumors going around, I, I'm going to have to go with the Buccaneers as of right now. Uh, but Washington could slide in there. Another team could slide in there. But um, I know I, th- I think the Buccaneers will be a good fit for Jason Peters as of this moment. I think the services of Jason Peters will be, you know, widely acquired. I mean, maybe not yet. It is still relatively early in the offseason. You want to see how the draft plays out. Always good to get a tackle in the draft. But um, Peters can still play very, very good football. He's had his problems with injuries and some false starts and stuff. But in terms of pass protection, he's still one of the best out there. Uh, Joe Vaughn, what do you think? Where will the Eagles legend go play next year? I mean, I would say the Eagles, but, you know, I, w- I would say the Eagles, but I think they want to move on with Andre Dillard as at the starting left tackle. I mean, um, I think maybe, like you said, Tampa has been thrown out there. I know Lou Riddick threw that out there. Tampa may be an option for him if he wants to move to right tackle. I mean, that would be a huge, that would be a huge upgrade to you know Tampa's offense. You know, giving them a reliable, you know, a reliable offensive tackle and an All Pro, you know, All Pro and possibly a future Hall of Famer. And um, in Peters, I mean, you can't go wrong there in Tampa. Like you said, Washington, you know, they need help. What about Arizona? Arizona, we saw how bad their offensive line last season was um, with, you know, Kyler Murray. But again, Arizona is another one of those teams, you know, in the first round that, you know, that that need that has a first round pick that could use it on one of these stud offensive tackles, you know, like a Tristan Riffs out of out of Iowa who can, you know, play multiple positions on the offensive line. So those are just a couple of teams that came up come up come up to mind. Um maybe Miami. We saw how their offensive line struggled last year. They were going through the transition. They obviously traded Laramie Tunsil, but that's I think for I think the Dolphins are probably like a far away, you know, option that probably won't even cross the uh the bodyguard's mind. I think he probably wants to go to a situation where he has a probably has the best chance of winning. I like that Arizona one, you know, with them going out and getting DeAndre Hopkins, it seems like they're in a spot. They're going to be more competitive. Kyler Murray in year two. And while the NFC West is very strong, I mean, the 49ers have lost some pieces offensively. That defense is going to stay good. So pass protection could be a huge key for the Cardinals to get to that next level. So I like that pick. Uh, Matt, where do you think Jason Peters is going to wind up this year? Well, I am looking at an article just now from uh, clutchpoints.com. Uh, apparently Peters is drawing interest from uh, three NFL teams. Uh, according to Mike Garoppolo of NFL Network, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cleveland Browns, and Los Angeles Chargers are mm. the uh, the intrigued parties on Mr. Peters. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. Uh, again, you look at Tampa Bay, it's the Brady effect where he just brings in all these, uh, you know, these guys around him that are interested in playing with him. Uh, the Browns, I mean, maybe, but again, I don't feel like they're in a position to win anything soon. Uh, and the Chargers, I don't know. I just feel like of those three teams, the Buccaneers are the most likely to have a successful uh, tenure. And so if I'm, you know, Jason Peters, and if I want to, you know, be on a team that's going to win, I would say of those three teams, Tampa Bay is the one. Tampa Bay definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, you put Jason Peters with Brady, it's going to improve it for Brady so he has more time. But at the same time, Peters is going to be in an opportunity to go win another Super Bowl. He didn't play in the Eagles Super Bowl win, obviously um, widely considered a huge part of that team and a big reason that they won. But he still has not technically played in a Super Bowl. So that could be a big desire for him. I like the idea of him going to the Browns, um, you know, 
with the new coach, it'll be interesting to see how they do. They obviously seriously underperformed this past year, but I think that Cleveland wouldn't be a bad spot for him. Uh, it would provide some stability for Baker Mayfield in the pocket, and they've got the targets where if he has some time and the running back in Nick Chubb, um, where if he has some time and Nick Chubb has some holes, they can do some damage. So it will be interesting to see where Peters goes. I still think that there's an off chance that he could return to the Eagles. Um, let's say he kind of sits out on the market for a little bit, plays it out, and doesn't really like anything. Um, it would be interesting to see if they would be willing to bring him back, maybe give Dillard another year to learn. And, I mean, it's likely that Dillard would get some playing time anyway, um, just between injuries and, and the end of games and stuff. But it will be interesting to see where Peters goes. No matter what, definitely a Philadelphia legend, one of the best players in this past decade. But that's going to about wrap it up for today's episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. We really appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, we hope everything is good in your life. Obviously, the coronavirus has definitely altered how a lot of people's day-to-day is going. We hope everybody is healthy, happy, and all good at home, enjoying the podcast, enjoying your day. Um, and this NFL free agency, if you are at home, head over to totalsportslive.com, where Jovan and Nick have been writing some great stories. I'll let them discuss in further detail before we get out of here. Jovan, what's some, what's some articles that you've been posting on the site? Well, like you said, we got some brand new content up there on totalsportslive.com. Just, you know, just, you know, when when you hear this podcast just was posted, when this podcast is posted and published, we just published a story about the uh, Eagles signing uh, Nickel Roby uh, Coleman to a one-year deal. So that's up on the website. Got stuff up there about, you know, them signing Jatavis Brown and uh, who are the Jatavis Brown and Will Parks. Before that, you know, Ronnie McLeod, Jalen Mills. Uh, Javon Hargrave. Um, I think that's it. I think I didn't miss anything. Uh, I think I didn't miss anything else. So you all got literally everything NFL, uh, Eagles, anything with Eagles and free agency. You got that on lock on uh, Total Sports Live. And then, you know, just some other things that, you know, whatever we come up with, you know, in our uh, in our creative spaces that we just decide to post because there, like you said, there really isn't much going on in the sports world uh, with this uh, with 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 the coronavirus, you know, going around. Hopefully, everybody, like you said, just takes the proper precautions. You know, social distancing and uh, washing your hands. Yeah, definitely. We want everyone to stay safe. And Nick, you wrote a really great story about COVID nineteen and the effects that it's had on sports. Um, you know, what's it been like for you with no sports, man? And what was kind of the inspiration for that story? Oh, man. I, you know, literally, I was just, you know, all from school, work, everything, you know, just sitting at home. And I was like, man, I got to write something about this. I mean, this is this is something like that's legendary. That's like going to go down in history books as like some one of the craziest time periods ever, I would say, in modern history. Uh, so I got up one morning. Um, uh, this piece I wrote was just uh, it, w- it was about how it's affecting all, all sports. It's not just affecting the professional sports and not prof- uh, just affecting uh, college sports affecting uh, little league, all types of sports, and uh, I wanted to say uh, one point I wanted to make in there was uh, about the eligibility for college athletes. I mean, obviously March Madness has been canceled, and so is a lot of other seasons. Uh, so I wanted to make the point that I, I do I do believe that uh, the eligibility for all those athletes that had their seasons canceled and uh, other, among other things uh, that they should get another year of eligibility. And uh, that was a strong point I wanted to make in that column, and uh, I, I think uh, it was a, go read it. It's on TSL right now, but and you'll you'll see what I said in there. But uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, Jovan's done some great things with the Eagles. Uh, I wrote I think the Darius Slay that came out yeah. a few few days ago, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, definitely go check out the rest of the stuff on, on Total Sports Live. Uh, we got a lot of great pieces on there, and hopefully more to come. Uh, you know, everyone just stay stay home, stay safe, stay clean. Wash your hands, everything, all the above. Uh, But uh, hopefully this uh, passes sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, and in addition to uh, Nick's great sports reporting, he also was a track runner at Camden County. Um, unfortunately, did lose the season this year, as did many college athletes. So, you know, uh, unfortunate about that. We're sorry that that happened to you, but definitely glad that everyone's staying safe. You had a great track career anyway, one of the best in Camden County College history. <laughs> I can attest to it. Uh, but, you know, finally, man, Matt, you're up there in North Jersey. Uh, definitely, you know, want to take a second to, you know, wish you and the family all the best as it continues to grow in your area. Wishing you guys um, nothing but health. What's it been like up there? And, you know, what's it been like covering it? Because you work for the local news. I, I can only imagine this is different than anything you've ever covered. Yeah, I mean, you know, my normal routine uh, consisted of local government coverage, event coverage, and high school sports coverage uh, for two towns, you know, in two separate counties that border each other. Obviously, no local sports, no local events. So all I've got left is government and, you know, nonstop coronavirus coverage. So, uh, you know, it's just been tough because it's like everybody wants to read about it, but I think everybody's very stressed out about it as well. Uh, it's a situation that none of us really have anything resembling, uh, you know, a historical framework or reference for. So I think that, uh, you know, as, as long as I'm here, I'm just going to keep uh, keep everybody on top of it, keep covering it. Uh, and, you know, just uh, we just got to keep on keeping on. If we keep social distancing measures, if we wash our hands and if we're smart about this, we can knock this out in a very reasonable amount of time. And we should at least have some of the summer to deal with. Uh, so, you know, just. Uh, there's really not much you can do at this point, and that's kind of the the idea that I'm taking here. Yeah, I mean, you know, local authorities have said, you know, stay home, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and we at Total Sports Live reiterate that. We really appreciate you guys for tuning into the Total Sports Live podcast. Hopefully it took your mind off coronavirus. I know it took our mind off it, so we appreciate that. Um, and just stay safe and wash your hands out there.